choir. I have a question for each and every one of you today. What are you building with your lives? One of my favorite activities ever in preschool, especially in extended session in church, was using the blocks. You remember that, right? They were mostly made out of wood, and you would start with what would have to be a good foundation, right? And then with that good foundation, you would go block by block, and you would see, at least I would see, who could build the highest tower. Now, to get this achievement was a prize indeed. I mean, not only did you have bragging rights in the moment, but even after church, sometimes during church, you would whisper to your buddy next to you, um, my block tower was higher than yours, deal with it. Boy, those were the days. I, I wish I could tell you that on that foundation, I have launched into a career, an expertise, if you will, of being the best builder around. But sadly, my better days are behind me. And it all started, I think, when America got captured in this whole movement featured in places like Home Doer, where doers get more done, or Lowe's, which is build more for less, when they came up with the concept of D-I-Y. Does anybody know what those three letters stand for? Lies. <laughs> Lies. There's never been a project that was self-proclaimed as DIY that I have, in fact, been able to do myself. Case in point, back in Augusta, I was spending a lovely day off with my beautiful wife, Rebecca, and we just happened to go to Home Depot, you know, do more with less. And as we were walking up and down the aisles, one of the workers in their festive orange aprons stopped us and said, young man... I want you to know that over by the way, we have wood and tools on sale because you look like you're a man that knows his way around a construction site. Before I could even in humility say that that wasn't true, my beloved wife was doubled over laughing out loud, <laughs> saying, I know more about tools than him. Such is true. If you've got something wrong in your house, you can call me. I'll pray over it. I might even be able to tell you who to call next or write you a check. But don't invite me to be the one that's giving you expertise and guidance on how to fix it. I'll probably only make matters worse. But I also had a realization. Around this same time when I knew that DIY is a lie, it was DIY. It's also a choice. What's stopping you, what's stopping me from any project and every project, calling someone we know and love and saying, hey, could you help me out with this? As I began to embrace that philosophy, there are some things that have come together that I alone could not, would not be able to do. For example, in Augusta, I asked for my neighbor to come and help me, and we built Maggie an incredible incredible treehouse, one for the ages. 
Recently, here in Carrollton, I was outside slaving away in what was a garden bed overhaul when I had a neighbor that came out and said, can I give you a hand? And as I accepted his offer, far more was accomplished that day than I could have otherwise done alone. And then back in Chile, I had these dear people, Esteban and David, help me with many a project. One was named a kiosco saludable. ¿Se acuerdan, chicos? Together, we built what was to be an installation in public schools where the kids could gather and buy healthy snacks and treats, all of the profits which went to their school. You see, here's what I believe. Alone, alone we are susceptible, vulnerable to intimidation. And intimidation is another word to say fear. We believe within ourselves we do not have the capacity to do great things. But together, as living people, living stones, as First Peter says, we can come together and dream up, conjure up things of daring innovation, which are new and beautiful to behold, which give life not only to our church body, but show vital signs of life to the community that looks at us and wonders, is what they proclaim about God real and actually usable in real life? I think that's what Peter is saying to his young Christian congregation over 2,000 years ago. He says, you guys, rightfully so, are like babies, And you're craving spiritual milk, and I praise God for that, but there's now this time in your life as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, when you need to grow up. Growing up is hard to do. You might have heard that expression, and it's true for any and all of us, because to grow up means that we must embrace things that are different and new to ourselves, An author by the name of James Hollis, a psychologist schooled in Jungian thought in his book, Living an Examined Life, says the following, sooner or later, we are each called to face what we fear, respond to our summons to show up and overcome the vast lethargic powers within us. That is what's of us, to show up as a person that we really are as best we can manage, under circumstances over which we may not have control. This showing up as best we can is growing up. This is all life asks of us, to show up as best we can. I think that's what Peter is telling that church in that day. Show up as best you can. Put your back into it, but know as you are entering into places of daring innovation, you are not working alone, and the good news and timeless news of the gospel for you and I today is that neither are we. We don't have to do DIY projects, but instead we can do DWIJ Projects. Does anybody know what that could mean? Do it with Jesus. In that spirit, Peter goes out to outline the following in terms of the projects that are before this church. A church that was in its infancy but was about to 
launch forward in adulthood in full dependency upon the Holy Spirit and making change in their world. He says, you're working together with the creator. He says, the creator is the living stone. We sang about that just a moment ago. This is my father's world, the choir sang. Why else should I be afraid? You see, when God created this world, as it's told to us in the first two chapters of Genesis, he did that with one key idea in mind, that while being delayed by sin was never fully interrupted, which is the following. You and I are to be co-inheritors of this world. We are to be co-regents with God, working in unison with him, working in partnership with him to launch projects together, which give further glory to his name and further show the beauty of all that is good and fair. Yes, we are working with the creator. He is the living stone. We're also working with the founder, the founder who put the cornerstone of the church in place. If you've ever worked in construction or even just taken a visit outside of old historic buildings like that of First Baptist Church, you might oftentimes see that there's a marker that indicates where the cornerstone was laid. You see, the cornerstone of the foundation is what ensures that every other stone that's laid on top of it will be stable and secure instead of one day toppling over. And when God sent Jesus Christ to lay his life down for us and then to raise after three days of being in the tomb, what he established firmly was a cornerstone that the church can build upon. That's why Peter refers to all the Christians of his day as living stones, literally little stones which are put upon a big cornerstone. And they can go as high as one can dream while also never fearing that they will be overly ambitious or overly innovative and collapse in upon themselves. We work with God the creator. He is the living stone. We work with God, the founder. He is the cornerstone. And we also work with Jesus Christ. He is our forevermore co-laborer. That's why we are referred to in that scripture as not only living stones, but also royal priesthood. We're referred to as a holy nation. And I just have to tell you today that I quite like the idea of being able to work beside Jesus. You see, I can grow tired and weary. Sometimes I can grow disappointed that my efforts aren't rendering the intended results. I don't know if that applies to you. But when I have someone working beside me, intrinsic within that relationship is an ongoing source of not only partnership, but encouragement. When I get weary and Sometimes pastors get weary. When I get tired, sometimes pastors grow tired. When I get discouraged, sometimes pastors can get discouraged. I don't look to myself. I look to who's beside me. And it's Jesus Christ. And he's saying, you don't have to do it by yourself. Do it 
with me. My strength becomes your strength. My will becomes your will. My hope becomes your hope. And when I partner with Jesus Christ, I forever shirk that shroud of intimidation, of that voice within that says, you can never change other people. You can never amount to anything. You can never radically look into the gospel and truly find meaning. And then I look at Jesus and he says, yes, you can. And that same co-laborer is at the waiting for each and every one of us. It was Jesus who said, the harvest is many, but the workers are few. That's to say that for however many were willing to come, Jesus says to any and all, all ability levels are welcome. That even means David Hughes, who can't drive a nail with a hammer, have a place in the work that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And together with Jesus as our co-laborer, we will do things that the world will look back and say, wow. In fact, I would argue that this church knows innovation well. It's intrinsic within our history. It's, it's a part of us. It's seen in missional partnerships with people in Liberia and now Honduras. It's seen in that building across the other side of South White Street known as The Place, once set to be demolished by the city, bought by us by one dollar, and now a thriving center of ministry. It's seen as we elevate women deacons and female pastors as people who are not only capable, but bring their own sense of innovation to the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's seen in our forthcoming VBS. It's seen in last week's outstanding presentation in partnership with other downtown churches at First United Methodist in what was the community choral concert. It's seen in partnering with feeding families who houses their materials here. It's seen in helping be the seedbed that launched open hands, which literally touches hundreds of lives every single week. And I believe that it's even more pronounced in our future that is yet to come. For that reason, with the blessing of our deacons, I've established a seven-member strategic planning committee whose charge in partnership with me is to listen to all of you to know who we are, what we are, and where we are going for the next three years. It is their charge to create, in partnership with you, innovative strategy which will lead to outcomes which people will see and say, only Jesus Christ. He is our living stone. He is the cornerstone, and he is our faithful co-laborer. But you know, folks, the hardest work of any project is that first step. Taking that first step is that time when you have to cut ties with that weight that is intimidation, that weight that says you cannot, and instead, Let yourself be free to rise that rising tide of Easter that says daring innovation. For some of us, getting to work means that we simply need to start. For others of us, it means that we need to resume. 
something that started with daring innovation, but perhaps we grew bored or tired of it. It's time to pick it back up, and still for others, it means you're almost there. You just got to finish it and complete it. But whoever we are, whatever we are, it's high time, or dare I say, high tide, to cut that weight and let the Holy Spirit take us where it will. So in that spirit, I invite all of us, all of us to participate in this application prayer, which is atop your sermon notes on the back of your announcement page. It goes like this. God, show me where I can build something beautiful in your name and help me have the courage to take the first step. Now, in the spirit of congregational worship, it's there, right? The prayer's there? Okay, I didn't double check. That could have been a major meatball. I want us all to say this prayer collectively together at the conclusion of this sermon. Can we say it in aloud? God, show me where I can build something beautiful in your name and help me have the courage to take the first step. As we say that collectively, as we say that individually in our time with Jesus Christ alone, I believe that we will cut ties with that of intimidation. I believe that we will build towers even greater than those which we used to manage to put together in extended session. And I believe all of us, all of us are being called to be a part. May we pray as we conclude and as we soon sing our invitation hymn. Our God in heaven, we profess that we're susceptible to fear, intimidation, and we also profess that far too often we cling to independence and to this notion that we must do it ourselves. But far greater are the things and the outcomes when we instead do it with Jesus. Help us, O oh God. Help us, O oh God, to see him as our living stone, the creator. Help us, O oh God, to see him as our cornerstone, the foundation. And help us, O oh God, to see him as our co-laborer, as we dare to dream where you are leading this church and what we can be. Now as we turn our hearts to the minds to you once more to sing your praises, help us be willing to also decide for ourselves whether we will join in partnership with you and how we will join in partnership with you. We love you and thank you and all God's children said in one accord, amen. Would you please stand and join us as we sing?